Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Most of, most of the little ones are gone. There's plenty of room. Now we could kind of just press in. Amen. Let's press in. Let's press in. Move your hearts up. Press your hearts up. Is anybody excited to hear something from God today? Wow. That's, I didn't expect all that. I had a joke ready. I didn't expect all that. Amen. 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 I'm going to press in. All right. As soon as Larry sits, we're going to start. And uh, somebody lost an earring, and he just wants to do lost and found now. Right here, right before. Sure. Here we go. (laughs) Thank you, brother. (laughs) Amen. All right. All right. Here's today's quote. The glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. So a man fully alive is the glory of God. Oh, somebody, somebody, come on. Somebody, somebody. Get that, get that. So, so what is a man all beaten up and depressed? What is, what is, is that the glory of God is man fully alive? See, I've been hearing for, for, from so many people lately. Oh man, I just, I just don't feel right. I just don't feel good. Things aren't right, man. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I should. My marriage isn't as good as it should be. My, my wife, my husband, my life this, I feel this. I don't feel that anymore. Pastor, I just don't feel like I used to anymore. Or, or Pastor, I, I, you know, I, I, I want to feel this. Or I, I just can't. My marriage is, and I'm hearing this all over. So if that's you, don't think that you're alone. Amen. But still, the glory of God is man fully alive. Now, does a fully alive man have no problems? No. No. Right? Not on this world, right? Not on this planet. Amen. I wish too, Larry. But no. But, but what's the difference between a man fully alive and, and, and the rest of us? Sometimes. It always, every time I, I hear, I hear this and, and 
Man, I've been hearing this so much lately. It seems like right after the excitement of moving into the new place, everybody got depressed. I said, what are you guys depressed about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I said, why? And it seems like right after, man, we moved into this. Maybe there's an oppression over, over this, this community. Maybe there's something, but I, I don't subscribe to that. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't, I don't, it don't matter where I'm at. I'm going to be fully alive because wherever I am, God is there before me. Wherever I go, God's been there. Wherever I've come from, God's brought me from there. Amen? So when I get depressed, because I do, when I struggle, because I do, I just got to look back and see where I've come from. And I say, God, and I get fully alive. Amen? And so whenever I hear that, it always brings me back to that scripture that people struggle with. It's John 10.10. 10. It says, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that you can have real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. I came that you would have more and better life than you can ever even dream of. So I'd like to explore that with you a little today at the start of this new year in a message titled, A More Better Life. Amen? A more, I'm sorry, I know the teachers get mad when I do stuff like that. You all look at me go, Pastor, that is not grammatically correct and that is, you're breaking all kinds of language laws and uh, I don't care. I want us to have a more better life. Amen? And so that's how we're going to bring it today. Does anybody want a better life? Anybody want a more better life? <clears throat> now, I'm sorry, sorry if I disappoint you today. I'm not going to give you three easy ways to a more better life. I'm not going to give you four shortcuts to better living. I'm not going to give you seven habits to a happier habitat. Because see, that's part of the problem. We always want the quick and easy. Right? We want the, the fast and, and you know, give me, get it done fast, quick, and in a hurry. Get, we want the diet version, the light version of everything. You go to the Christian bookstore, I mean, it, there's a 365-day Bible. So that means if you read just this, then you could get it done in a year, right? But that wasn't good enough because that even took too long. How many of you started one of those? We don't finish, right? You, if you turn it, it's on January... 20th, if you really got, if you were really committed. That's about as far as you took it, about the 20 days of the year. Then, but so that wasn't enough. Then there's, you can go to the Christian bookstore and buy a five-minute Bible. She laughing because she got one, right? <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with it. And so that means I just, God, if I give you five minutes to read that word, I mean, amen. So five minutes and it's a five-minute Bible, you read it and, and, and amen. But that's not enough. You could go to the Christian bookstore and buy a one-minute Bible. Two minutes, you guys got the two-minute? Amen. <laughs> that was just too easy. I'm going to leave it right there. There's a one-minute Bible. People buy it because people are so busy, listen to this quote, people are so busy chasing after a more better life that we have no time to enjoy it. That's my quote. I wrote it. 
Hopefully pastors down the line will quote that. People are so busy chasing after a more better life that we have no time to actually enjoy one. All, we, all I hear from everybody, man, if I just had this, or if I could just get more of this, or as long as I, I could this, and, and we're always putting conditions on our living, right? We're always putting conditions on our lives, on our jobs, on our wives, on our husbands, on our schools, on our friends, even on our church. Well, if they just did this better, then maybe I'd stay there. Or if they just did this, then maybe I'd give my tithes. Thank you. Keep your $4. It, it, I, I don't need it. Amen? You ain't not doing me a favor when you tithe. That's a biblical thing, but we're not going to get into that. But we put all these conditions on living. The glory of God is man fully alive. I, I pray that that would stay in your head. Is man fully alive? And that doesn't mean not women, and that doesn't mean not children, that doesn't mean not youth. The glory of God is, is surely youth fully alive. Amen? Because how many of us wish, how many of us wish that, that we had just half of what we have in our heads now as a teenager? Man, man, right? If we had half the wisdom, if, then there would be so many roads that we wouldn't have never went on. There would have been so many shortcuts that we would have never taken. There would have been so many people that we would have never dated. There would have been so many people that we would have never messed with. There would have been so many relationships that we would not have nothing to do with. Amen? I don't know. Um, come on. Because the glory of, a, of God is a young person fully alive. God said, I came that you might have a life. You can look at any translation you want. You can look at a ghetto bonics translation. Any translation you want. No translation will say, I came that you may have limitations. No translation will say, I came that you might have obstacles, that you might have difficulties, that you might have oppression, that you might have depression, that you might have sadness, brokenness, poverty, tears, strife, anger, malice, jealousy. Not one of them. I came that you might have life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy Here's another quote. I think, my opinion, Christians have more faith in the enemy's ability to steal, kill, and destroy than they do in God's ability to give them a better life. How many times do we give the enemy glory every day? You might not think so. You're not, you're not throwing up praises to say. You're not throwing up God goat hands or nothing like that. Maybe, hopefully. If we do it as a whole deliverance team just waiting for you in the back, we'll throw you in the room and just. But, but we give we give Satan glory every time that we're saying that oh my life if I only this if I only have that if I only have that well where were you I go to church on Sunday I'm a Christian and people at your job go oh what a glorious life you're living <laughs> whoa tell me the address I want to go sure. <laughs> Can't wait to get there. Have some of what you have. Right? Because constantly we're giving the, the enemy, I, I believe we have more faith in the enemy's ability to steal, kill, and destroy our lives than, than we give God. 
Jesus said, I came that you might have real life, a more better life than you ever dreamed of. If you translate that literally, if you was looking at the concordances in the Hebrew and the Greek, it literally translates that you might have abundance. Isn't that a lovely word? I love that word. Abundance. I want to like put in my ATM card and check the balance and it to have no numbers, just say abundance. Wouldn't that be hot? Abundance. Instead, we open our credit card bills and the minimum payment is just abundance. Right? And so we give the enemy glory for, no, no. I came, so abundance means, it means an overflow if you translate that verse literally. It's, ab, it's not, not what is absolutely essential to life. It's not what you need. It's not talking about the, the, the um, essential. It's talking about what is super added to make your life better. How many like that word? Super added. Right? It's like we got these little dreams and God says, can I supersize that for you? Right? Can I biggie size that for you? It, it, it's not, not the stuff that's in, that your bare existence. It's, it's those super added things that make your life blessed and better. That's what the verse is talking about. And so we, you read that verse and then you say, so why? How many of you have done that? So why don't I have everything I want? Just me and Joe? So why do I still struggle in some areas? So why do I come up short sometimes? Why, 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 God? And, and it's real easy to go from, those, from that line of questioning to, to the conclusion that, well, since I don't have everything I asked for, since I don't have everything I've prayed for, since I'm not living in abundance, then God must not have accepted my application. You let that harbor in you for a little while, and you say, well, since I don't have that, God must not exist. And then it's easier to live that way because you say, well, then God doesn't exist. I try. You know how many people I've talked to that tell me, I've tried that. I prayed. He didn't answer. It's over. Anybody know people like that? Some of you sitting here probably. I tried. I prayed to God one time for this. He didn't answer. He must not exist. It's the arrogance of man, right, to think that we pray one time and God should be right there just willing to. And how much it must break the heart of God to, to hear that one prayer and say, I, I would love to give you that, but you're not ready for that. So often we make that connection that God must not have accepted my application and, and that, that God doesn't accept me or that God doesn't exist. How many of you see those life insurance commercials that say, Anybody qualified, it, 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 um, no physicals, no this, no that, doesn't matter, past physical history, doesn't matter, we don't do credit checks, nothing, guaranteed acceptance. I heard that one time and I felt, I felt you know, just a little santo come out of me. <laughs> I said, guaranteed acceptance, that's my God. Garen, no physical, doesn't matter where you come from, there's no physicals, no tests, no credit checks, guaranteed acceptance. Somebody needed to hear that today. Listen, I wish that I had three keys that would set you free today. It'd be so much easier, right? Put them up on the board. One, two, three, write it down, go home, live a more better life. But if I did that, you'd go home, you'd try it. 
It wouldn't work for some of you. It might work one week, and then the next week it didn't work. And then you stop coming to church, you stop serving God, you stop getting all crazy, right? Because there's no shortcuts. How many of you know that? There's no shortcuts. And so, you know, I, I, I struggle with that. I wish that I would have all the words to tell you that could just make things magically appear in your lives. But all I have is the Word of God and my experience. And all I can compare it to is, is the relationship between a good father and a child. Some of us didn't have good fathers. So that's a tough connection also. But all I can compare it to is the, is the relationship between a good father and a child. I remember, listen, I love my daughters more than anybody loves their kids. I don't care what you say. We can argue all day. I love them more than any of you love your kids. I don't care what you say. And, and I remember having them as little babies, how much I just want to give them everything. And, and if some of you were around, you, you remember my house, there was plastic stuff everywhere. Because if there was a kitchen, if there was an oven, if there was a, a, a play this or a play that, we had it. I was in debt to my eyebrows. I don't care. I wanted to just give them everything they wanted, everything they pointed to, everything some other kid had, everything I didn't have, everything somebody else didn't. I wanted them to have everything, everything. But even me as, an, as a young, inexperienced father knew that there were some things that I wanted to give them that they were not ready for. There were things that at that stage in their lives, they were not ready or able to handle. Even now, there are things that I want to give them that they aren't ready for. My daughter's back there going, give me, give me, give me, because you love me, give me. There are things that I want to give them that, that, that I'm not ready to give them yet. Even now, God wants to give you things that you are not ready for. I pray you would just receive that today in love. Even now, God, there are things that God has stored up for you that he's been dying to give you and release to you and allow you to walk in that you're just not ready for right now. Can you start to make that connection? Daddy loving you enough to not give you what you ask for? How many of you are glad? This is a weird one. How many of you are glad that God hasn't, that God didn't answer all of your prayers? Hard, hard to see that when you're in it though, right? Praying it. Hard to see that when you're, when you're by yourself crying in your room and praying out to God. God, this is all I want. If you just give me this, if you just allow this to happen, God, God, if you would just, and he didn't do it and you get mad, but you see later on, he said, God, I'm so glad you didn't answer that prayer. My life would have been miserable right now had you answered that prayer. How many of you have prayed that God would take your life? How many of you prayed that God would kill you? That God would kill someone? That God would have a, God, please have a truck, kill them, please. They're bad people. Right? Some of you laughing because you did it. You got to be happy that God doesn't answer your prayers sometimes. Because daddy knows. You want another reason I'd like to offer for us not living a more better life? You. Me. Whenever I say you, I mean me too. I just happen to have to be on this side today. Many of us don't live empowered lives because we don't realize that we're empowered. 
Many of us don't live blessed lives going from glory to glory to glory because we don't realize how blessed we are. Many of us don't see God's favor in our lives because we're not looking for it. We're too busy wishing for good luck or trying to catch a good break. We're relying on man's ways. Listen, God's favor is available to you and to me in abundance, but we're trusting in fortune cookie religions. Right? You're looking in papers to see what's good for Capricorn today. You're calling numbers and seeing what does the future have in store for me today. Today's, I'm a Leo, I'm going to meet somebody great today. Listen, we don't have to look to the stars for, for, for direction. Understand that God just put the stars in the sky to make the night pretty for me. That's all. The stars are in the sky. The stars are like you and I. God just put us there so that we can reflect the sun. Come on, that's a good, that, that was good. I'll let it circle and hit some of you until you catch it. Some of you are a little slow. You got to catch it. We are like the stars. The stars are in the sky like just like you and I. Their only purpose there is to reflect the light from the sun. We are just here. Our only purpose here is to reflect the light from the sun. Hallelujah. You ever meet some people that think the world revolves around them? I'm one of those people. And I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm going to show you how it's biblical. Guess what? It was intended to revolve around us. Think about it. God created, creates this whole universe. He puts us in the center of it. It was for us and about us and all about It's all about us. It revolves around us. Read Genesis. It revolves around us. With, it, it's with us at the center. God creates man. He puts him in the center of it all. And when he breathed into Adam, it was so that he might have life and have it abundantly. See the connection? God in the beginning breathed into Adam that he might have life and have it abundantly. Because of man's choices to live apart from God, that ended. And then once again, God intervened, this time in the flesh, that we might have life and have it to the full. Do you see this connection? The secret in that verse is, he came that we might have life. Might have life. That we can have life. That we would have the ability to have life. But we still have to choose. Just like Adam, we still have to decide daily and work out our salvation with fear and trembling like the Word of God says. Some people think you just come to church, you make this little simple prayer, God, come into my heart, Jesus, uh, you know, Lord of my life, okay. And you're done and you got fire insurance for the rest of your life. Live any way you want, but live all the hell up in your life all you want. But you got to get out of jail, get out of hell card free in your wallet because you said a sinner's prayer. Good luck. Amen? Good luck. I pray that it works out well for you. My Bible says I need to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. 
That means God is requiring something more of me. He's requiring some kind of level of purity. He's requiring something from me that's more than just say, bow my head, say, listen, his prayer, come to church on Sunday and give $2 an offering. It's more than that. Amen? See, the world revolves around those whose world revolves around God. The world revolves, give me my impromptu drama team right here. Come on, three of you, come on. The world revolves around those whose world revolves around God. You are, you be God. You're, you are going to revolve, you're the world. And so you're going to revolve around her, go around her. And so you're revolving around her because the world revolves around her, right? As long as you're God, Antonio. As long as, and now this is tricky, you guys are going to have to spin and spin around it. As long as your world revolves around him. You stay still. You're God. You're going to revolve around him and you're going to keep revolving around her. Come on, work it out. Work it out. No, no, you got it twisted. You're revolving around her. You spin around her. And then you two spin around God. See, the world revolves around those whose world revolves around God. Do you get it? Sit down. Thank you. Thank you. See, as long as my world revolves around God, then the rest of the world revolves around me. Receive that. That's like, that's revelation knowledge for you. That's, that's good stuff. <laughs> it's all about alignment. Things have to be in perfect alignment. They couldn't do that skit because it takes too much alignment. They'd have to practice that and work that out. It's all about having everything in alignment. God, you are my center. You're my focus. And as long as I'm aligned with you, then the whole world revolves around me. But the second that I come out of alignment with you, that I think I can do it myself or that I think I can do it better, then, then we go into all kinds of different orbits and we're spinning differently. And from time to time, we come crashing into God. How many of you had that happen? Why? Because when you're going in orbits, you're going to eventually clash. And, and so if you've ever crashed hard into God, it's probably because you were out of alignment in the first place. And you probably wouldn't deny it, right? And, and if you've ever felt so far away from God, it's because you are. Because you're out of alignment. And God is not calling you to be where you had to be. God is calling you to be with him as the center. And you in perfect alignment with him. That means, see, when God is your center, you can always reach out and touch him. He's always here. When you stumble, you grab on because he's always there. When you're out of alignment, look how far I got to run to God. I know you're thinking, well, God is everywhere and God, yeah, but when you're out of alignment, you separate yourself from God. There's a different, that's a different teaching there, amen? It's an alignment thing. That we, Jesus came that we might have life. See, when we choose life, we, we're choosing God. When we decide to choose God, it means that we're in God, that we're in Christ, right? And what does the word say when we're in Christ? Come on, somebody that read the Bible twice. If Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, thank you. He's a new creation. He's a new Adam. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new Adam. The old has gone. The new has come. Somebody say amen. But there's a stipulation there. It says if someone is in Christ, you got to be in alignment to be a new creation. And I know that that's another, another verse that, that well, well, let's go back to Adam. He wants you to be the first Adam. Listen, hanging out with, by, by the forbidden tree, talking about Adam, right? God made this whole universe, put him in the center, just stay away from that forbidden tree. And then he saw that Adam was lonely. He made every animal available to him. Adam said, that's still not good enough. I want something a little less hairy. God made man. God made woman. Don't get it twisted. God made woman. A helpmate suitable for him. And, and, and everything is good and everything is, but then there were so, when, 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 when Adam was hanging out by the forbidden tree, the whole garden to choose from, when Adam is hanging out with his naked wife, letting her carry a conversation with a serpent, there is no farther out of alignment that you can be than being exactly where God told you not to be. Talking to exactly who you should have no business talking to. Side note, where have you been hanging out lately? And who have you been entertaining a conversation with? Because the enemy still steals, kills, and destroys. Amen? And the glory of God is still man fully alive. Being in Christ, it's a new, you're a new creation. That's another verse we struggle with. Because you say, well, if I'm a new creation, how come I still struggle with the old things? Anybody or just me? If I'm a new creation, how come I still do the same stupid things sometimes? Amen? Me and Kayla? If I'm a new creation, then, then how come I still have some old habits? So then you come to the conclusion again, well, that I must not be in Christ. I must not be a new creation. And then if you let that sit in harbor for a little while, well, then there must not be a God. There must not be a Christ for me to be in Christ because I tried Christ and I'm not a new creation because I still have old habits. So there must not be a God and you write it all off. Let me tell you a quick story. I'll end with this. The other day, my uh, friends of ours, were, were, they had bought a big house, a brand new house for all of them to live in. And they invited me to go on a walkthrough. This was a brand new house, brand new construction. That means the house that was there on the block, they demolished. The old has gone. The new has come. This was a brand new house. No one has cooked in that kitchen. No one has bathed in those showers. No one has, no kids have run up and down the stairs. This is a brand new house. And they invited me to go on a walkthrough with them to help, you know, look around and help spot and see, Right? And so the reason that you do a walkthrough on a new house is because you want to make sure that you're getting exactly what was promised you. You're getting everything is exactly the way it should be. Everything is working the way it should be. And so we went through this house and we found a lot of things that were not the way they should be. Like anybody that, if anybody's bought a house and you go through a walkthrough... And, and but, but, but you say, but wait, this is a brand new construction. It's brand new. It's a new creation. But there were still things that needed to be worked out. And so I'm walking through this whole house and I'm saying, these are brand new walls. Why do they have 
things in them and, and line. These are brand new doors. Why are they broken? These are brand new faucets. Why aren't they working the way they should be working? These are brand new floors. Why are they not shiny the way they should be? Why? And, and God just started to show me, listen, even though we're a new creation, there's still things we need to get worked out. There's still things that need to be worked out. Now, the beauty and the reason you do a walkthrough is because you, once you're finished, once you uh, finish doing the whole walkthrough and the person I was with is, boy, if you know her, she got a notepad and a pen and she wrote everything we set down. She wrote, she took pictures of everything. She made sure that we had this huge list of everything that better had been fixed before we get into this house. What the attorneys do is they create an escrow account. And what an escrow account is, 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 is a sum of money, it's an account that a third party holds, the bank holds, not the buyer or the seller. A third party holds that and what happens is if, the, if everything's not repaired or replaced or whatever, then that escrow account will be money that will cover to pay for all that. It'll be returned. The, 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 the buyer, the seller won't get the money. The bank won't release that money to the seller until everything is fixed. What does that have to do with, with, with church? Even as a new creation, sometimes we fail miserably. Amen? We come up short. Even, even when we, you know, we don't get everything just the way it should have been or it could have been. Church family, it doesn't mean that you're not a new creation. Would some of you stop beating yourselves up and just receive this today? It doesn't mean that you're not a new creation. It doesn't mean that God hasn't accepted you. Sometimes even new creations have areas that need to be worked on. Even as a new creation, you will have areas where you don't always get it right. And still the glory of God is man fully alive. And he still came that you might have life and have it abundantly. And still in Christ you are a new creation. And, and so the word of God says that if you remain in him, even when you're out of alignment, the beauty is that you can always get back into it. The beauty is that you can always come back. The beauty is that it's just one, you're one cry away from falling right back, having God as the center and being in perfect alignment and seeing God's glory and God's benefits and God's favor in your lives. You're one cry, one prayer away from stepping right back into alignment. And if you don't give up, and if you remain faithful, listen, listen. There's already an escrow account in your name. That escrow account says specifically, I've given you time, I've given you resources, I've given you opportunities, I've even given you trials and tribulations to make you strong enough and capable enough to get all of those areas repaired and restored. But because you remained in me and I in you, because I love you so much more than you could ever imagine. I've deposited and kept on file in my heart an escrow account. And so everywhere you fell short, please stand church. Everywhere you fell short, everywhere you dropped the ball, 
everywhere you didn't quite make the deadline, there's already a payment sitting on your name that covers every shortcoming that would keep you from me. Let's just bow our hearts for a moment. Do you understand the, the, the magnitude of that? God says, I've given you every ability. I've given you every capability. I, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. And in me, you are a new creation. But even then, you're still going to have to work some things out. You're still going to have to get. There are some things that I want to give you that you're just not ready for. And I know you want it. I know you've been asking me. I know you want it. But, but I need to. You, you're not ready. You're not ready. I'm still preparing you for some of those things, God is saying. And if you remain in me, if you remain faithful, I've already paid myself for your shortcomings. Is, is, that, is that beautiful? Does that, does that kind of sit in your heart? And I, I, I really want to hear in the spirit, I want to hear a sigh of relief from some of you. That you would stop beating yourselves up. That you would stop abusing yourselves. Because God says, I've already paid myself for it. All of it so that you might have a more better life. Listen, if that's, if that's you today, would you, would you get out your seat? Would you just get out and be unashamed about it and just say, God, I, 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 I need that. Sometimes I don't feel like a new creation. Sometimes I don't feel like, a, like he's accepted my application. Sometimes I don't feel, I, I just don't feel it. I don't feel it. And would you, by coming up, just accept today that God says, I, there is a guaranteed acceptance policy in my book. If you come to me, I'll receive you. Amen. Amen. If you come to me, I'll receive you. If you come to me, I'll receive you. I, I've already paid myself for every one of your failures. And the beauty of that verse, that in Christ you're a new creation, it's a positional thing. It's the way God sees us. We may see ourselves and look in the mirror and be disappointed a lot. We may look at our lives and be sad and be, and be broken about it and be, be depressed about it. But God already sees it positionally. He sees you through the escrow account. He sees that it's already been fixed. It's already been repaired. It's already been restored. God is seeing you in glory already through his son Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just respond. Just respond. If, if God is putting something in your heart, if there's something that, that, that you need, just respond. And God, come, come forward. And, and, and we're just going to believe that today we're just bringing things to the altar. We're just bringing things to the, to the foot of the cross. We're bringing things to the, to the place of holiness, to the place of power. We're coming to the place of the cross where our debt was paid where everything was covered and so you don't have to keep yes you keep working out your salvation with fear and trembling you keep striving for holiness you keep striving to get things right you keep strive striving to do the right things you get in your word and read it you pray whenever whenever it comes to your mind you set up a prayer to god you say keep yourself in alignment with god but when you fail don't quit
When you don't quite make it, don't give up. Because God says, I've already paid. I've covered that. I've covered that. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for those that have responded. If I could have some from the ministry team, if you would come and pray for those that are up here. If you would come and just agree with them and, and just pray on them and love on them and accept them. Help them to feel the acceptable love of God. I want us to be a church that is fully alive. That God may be glorified. We need more. We need more people to come and just pray. Pray with these up here. family if you want a more better life would you just believe it today would you just receive it today and understand that a more better life doesn't mean more things it doesn't even mean better things it doesn't mean more money it doesn't mean it means having the favor of God and favor is always better than money because God's favor will take you much farther than anybody's checkbook would Be empowered, be equipped, be encouraged today, be excited. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.